All right, as we head into warmer weather across much of the U.S. in the coming months, one way to stay cool and continue to get a good night's sleep is by checking out Bull & Branch Bedding and Sheets. They're a brand that we love here at Mo News. We only endorse products that we love. And we've been using Bull & Branch for more than two years now in our home. The sheets have been great, soft, breathable fabric that works for both cold and warm weather. We noticed the quality immediately and have gotten a few different sets in our house. I know Jill has as well. They're made with 100% organic cotton, completely free from toxins. I know that is very important to a number of you. And it's not just sheets. They have blankets, duvets, pillows, a whole variety of products to ensure you get a good night's sleep. And right now, they have a great deal for the Mo News community. Go check them out. I promise you will not be disappointed. Again, they get softer with every wash. So the deal right now is 15% off your order when you use the promo code MONEWS over at bullandbranch.com. That is bullandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code MONEWS for 15% off. Exclusions do apply. See site for details. Hey, everyone. It is Wednesday, September 21st. I'm Mosh Wanunu, and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. This is the place where we bring you just the facts from verified sources and a breakdown of what matters in the news. We read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Here are a few of the stories we're tracking today. We're going to start with the Fed, which will likely raise interest rates again today. I'll tell you about what that could mean for you. President Biden is in New York today where he will address the world leaders at the UN General Assembly. The FDA has a new warning out, and I kid you not, they are saying you should not cook with NyQuil. It's all part of this latest dangerous TikTok challenge. We'll have details on that. Another potential hurricane is developing right now and could impact the Gulf or Florida as soon as next week. That comes as Fiona continues to head north and could strike Bermuda. NASA has now set a date when it'll make its first attempt to deflect an asteroid. And I'll tell you more about a big interview I have coming up later today. We have a second bonus episode for everyone today with Ken Burns, the famous documentary director and producer about his new documentary on the U.S. and the Holocaust. But let's start today with the expected interest rate hike. Wall Street is closely watching today as the Federal Reserve is expected to escalate its fight against inflation with yet another dramatic interest rate hike. The move is expected later today. It comes just a week after that higher-than-expected inflation report that showed that prices continue to increase in the month of August. As we've been tracking these past few months, the Fed has already been instituting a series of aggressive interest rate hikes in the last few months. They're trying to slow the economy and choke off the available money supply and loans and consumer demand. Remember, the idea here, the Fed's main tool here in increasing interest rates is to make less money available for us to spend. We spend less money. We buy less things. That then brings prices down, brings inflation down. But the approach has a downside. It risks tipping the U.S. into an economic downturn, putting millions out of work, effectively putting us in a recession. And that's the dance, effectively, the Fed has been trying to do here. The chairman of the Fed, Jerome Powell, gave us a clue earlier this month. He said the central bank must continue to act, quote, forthrightly and strongly to dial back inflation. So that has led economists to expect what could be a 0.75% interest rate hike on Wednesday. That comes after three-quarter of a percent hikes in the last two meetings, though some economists predict that the Fed is so worried about inflation, we could be seeing a 1% hike today, which has not been done in 40 years. 
Now, when the Fed is done here, whether it's a three-quarter percent increase or a full 1% increase, you could see the benchmark interest rate, this is the overall interest rate they control, end up being between three and three and a quarter percent. That's up from near zero at the start of 2022. And again, that then is the benchmark rate that impacts all the other interest rates, whether that's mortgages, car loans, et cetera. In New York today, all eyes will be on President Biden as he addresses the UN General Assembly in the second day of meetings at that big international gathering where you have dozens of leaders from around the world. President Biden, according to his advisors, is expected to use that stage to galvanize allies at the UN to arm Ukrainian forces in what he believes is an era-defining conflict against Russia. The National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan spoke to reporters. He says that Biden will offer what he calls a, quote, firm rebuke of Russia's unjust war, which is now in its seventh month, and will make a call to the world to continue to stand on what they call naked aggression by the Russians. The argument Biden will make is that countries cannot conquer other countries in the 21st century. This will be the second speech President Biden gives to the UN. He spoke last year, and this is the second straight year he's addressing an international crisis. Last year, he used the main crux of his speech to defend the U.S. pullout of forces from Afghanistan. Now, this speech comes as Ukrainian forces are making significant advances in their counteroffensive against Russia and have put Vladimir Putin on the defensive. Now, while most world leaders will be in New York for the gathering, Russia has not sent Putin. They have instead sent their foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, who will be in the audience as the president speaks today. Biden's speech comes a day after other world leaders spoke from France, Brazil, Germany, Chile. Ukraine has been a major theme. The UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, also issued a dire warning on Tuesday. He said, quote, our world is in big trouble, divides are growing deeper, inequalities are growing wider, and challenges are spreading farther. Stark words from the UN Secretary General. Now to the ongoing saga of those classified documents taken from President Trump's home in that FBI search warrant last month. The senior federal judge tasked with reviewing the material seized by the FBI and requested by the Trump team sharply questioned the former president's attorneys on Tuesday during their first hearing. The judge's name is Raymond Derry. He is what is called a special master here going through the documents. This was a major request the Trump team made. They wanted an independent observer to go through these documents. And they said, this guy Derry is going to be a great guy. Well, it turns out in the first hearing, he was really pushing back hard on the Trump team for repeatedly refusing to back up the former president's claim that he declassified these documents before they got to Mar-a-Lago. Deary, again, he was requested by Trump's team. The impression was that he would be relatively lenient or friendly to them. He told the team on Tuesday, quote, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. Trump has argued that the more than 11,000 documents he took back with him from the White House to Mar-a-Lago were rightfully in his possession, including the 100 documents, more than 100, that bared classification markings. The Trump attorneys apparently claimed that former President Trump declassified these documents, but they would not show any proof or evidence that he declassified it. Derry effectively told them during the hearing on Tuesday, I don't know what you guys are trying to do here. You can't claim you declassified them and not show me any evidence. Whereas the DOJ and the federal government are saying in their case, there is clear evidence. This is classified documents. There is no evidence that the former president went through any sort of process here. And so Derry basically called out the Trump team saying, you can't say they're declassified without showing me and refusing to show me any evidence that you declassified them. You can't have your cake and eat it too. It's not a great sign for the uh, former president's team as they attempt to claw back some of these documents and claim that there was overreach by the federal government in this search warrant. 
Now to the tropics where we are watching the hurricane season heat up after very slow months in June, July, and August. We have the potential for another tropical storm or hurricane to develop and hit the Gulf and potentially threaten both the Gulf or Florida as soon as early next week. The storm is currently called Invest 98L. It could again develop into a tropical storm and become a hurricane and get a name. The next name available to storms is Hermine. So this could become tropical storm or hurricane Hermine by midweek next week. This comes as Hurricane Fiona pummeled Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and the Turks and Caicos in the last few days and is now headed north. It is a Category 3. Fiona could become a 4, and depending on which spaghetti line, which track you're watching right now, her Fiona could make a brush with the island of Bermuda in the coming days. Now, Fiona does not present a threat to mainland U.S., but could make its way north and could eventually impact Nova Scotia, Newfoundland area, just north of Maine. I'll continue to track Invest 98L, though, as well as other storms, as we continue to have here uh, about two more months left of hurricane season. Now to a warning we got out of Washington on Tuesday. Health officials, I kid you not, are warning the public about the dangers of cooking with NyQuil. This is the latest TikTok challenge gone awry that is of significantly dangerous. The FDA put out a statement, a press release, because they're so concerned about this, that, quote, a recent social media video challenge that encourages people to cook chicken with NyQuil or other similar cough and cold medication is a major, major danger. The FDA says that boiling NyQuil or similar cold and cough medication can make the solution much more concentrated and change its properties in other ways. They warn that even inhaling NyQuil as it is boiling, again, I don't know why you would do this, but this happens to be a TikTok challenge that has gone viral uh, relatively recently leading to this warning. They say, stay away from it. Do not cook NyQuil Do and ensure specifically given that TikTok is the social media uh, platform of the young. Make sure your kids are not engaging in this challenge. Now, this NyQuil chicken cook challenge apparently is just the latest TikTok trend. This comes after a more recent challenge encouraged users to invest large doses of allergy medication, including Benadryl, to produce a hallucinogenic effect. After reports that teens were engaged in that previous challenge related to Benadryl and a number of them were rushed to emergency rooms and even some died of the challenge, the FDA issued a public warning of that trend's dangerous prevalence. TikTok has placed a warning at the bottom of these videos saying, quote, participating in this activity could result in you or others getting hurt. TikTok tells the technology news site CNET that, quote, we will remove content if found and we strongly discourage anyone from engaging in behavior that may be harmful to themselves and others. The origin of who created this crazy NyQuil chicken recipe is unclear, but there is a website called Know Your Meme, which tracks these types of trends. They suggest that it actually first appeared back in 2017 and was initially called Sleepy Chicken. It is unclear why this has picked up interest again. Now, there are a number of these TikTok challenges that are just harmless fun, but there have been dangerous trends in the past. There was a blackout challenge that I reported on on Instagram last year, which encouraged people to choke themselves. Unfortunately, it is suspected of causing the deaths of two children last year. Bottom line, the FDA says, do not cook with NyQuil, but you guys already know that you're a smart group. 
There were a couple of legal stories I was tracking on Tuesday. One comes out of the Justice Department, which unveiled on Tuesday criminal charges against 47 defendants who allegedly cheated the government out of $250 million that was supposed to feed needy kids in Minnesota during the pandemic. The Justice Department claims the indictment is the largest pandemic relief fraud scheme charged to date. The indictment announced on Tuesday involved six groups. They're all connected to this group called Feeding Our Future. It was a Minnesota nonprofit. The defendants are charged with federal crimes including conspiracy, wire fraud, money laundering, and paying and receiving illegal kickbacks. They contend a woman named Amy Bach. She's the mastermind behind the plot. Uh, she's from Apple Valley, Minnesota. They all use proceeds from their fraudulent scheme, according to the Justice Department, to purchase luxury vehicles, fund international travels, and buy residential and commercial real estate here in the U.S. and abroad. This all goes to their larger plot. They were coming up with fake names uh, to help allegedly needy kids. These were all made-up children. They initially got, in the early stages of the pandemic, a few million dollars, and then were able to effectively scheme the federal government out of $250 million for the scheme they said was for kids in need of food, and they used it for their own purposes. Okay, we've been monitoring the situation in regards to migrants being sent from Texas to Martha's Vineyard and all across the country, in particular, the Martha's Vineyard situation. This was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who had officials in Texas. He sent a group uh, clearly uh, trying to make some headlines and trying to prove a point from Texas to Martha's Vineyard. Well, we have a development here. The group of migrants, at least several of them, have now filed a federal class action lawsuit against the governor of Florida and other officials in the state alleging they carried out a scheme to defraud vulnerable immigrants to advance their political motive. The lawsuit was filed on Tuesday in the U.S. District Court of Massachusetts by a handful of migrants who were seeking asylum here in the U.S. and felt that they were illegitimately and illegally brought to Martha's Vineyard. The lawsuit alleges that Florida authorities uh, designed and executed what they call a premeditated fraudulent and illegal scheme centered on exploiting this vulnerability for the sole purpose of advancing their own personal, financial, and political interests. The lawsuit accuses DeSantis and others of violations of both the Fourth and Fourteenth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, protections against illegal seizure and false arrest, and more. The migrants here claim they were falsely imprisoned and that DeSantis and others committed fraud, intentionally inflicted emotional distress, and engaged in a conspiracy to deprive them of their civil rights. According to the lawsuit, the people who lured the migrants away told them they would receive employment, housing, schooling, and instead just dropped them off at a random airfield in Martha's Vineyard. For his part, DeSantis and his team say he did nothing wrong. Everything was totally on the level, totally legal here. We're going to keep monitoring this lawsuit and see how far it gets. Okay, now to a headline that we actually made on this podcast, the Mo News Podcast. Later today, you are lucky on this Wednesday, you'll be receiving two editions of the podcast. We will have a special interview edition coming out later this morning with Ken Burns and his co-producer Sarah Botstein about their new documentary about the U.S. and the Holocaust. I had the opportunity to speak to them yesterday. Uh, Ken Burns, obviously the famous documentarian who's done documentaries on everything from the Civil War to baseball to Vietnam to World War II. Their latest documentary, it's been airing this week on PBS with the final uh, edition tonight, though you will be able to see repeats. It is PBS as well as On Demand. It is a, a in-depth look at the U.S. and the Holocaust, what the U.S. did and didn't do in the lead up to the war and during the war. 
Ken Burns and his team actually moved up the release. They were expecting to release this next year in 2023, but felt because of all the parallels they see today with what's going on with anti-immigrant sentiment, a global embrace for authoritarianism, they saw parallels to what was going on in the lead up to World War II and felt obligated to release this documentary early. I think you'll find this to be a fascinating conversation. Uh, it goes in depth in terms of what the U.S. knew. You know, we've always, I feel like, Growing up, we learned that the U.S. didn't really know what was going on. It was really hard to know what was going on in Germany. With their research over seven years shows, uh, they go into media coverage here in the U.S. in the 1930s, and it was very clear, it was very widely reported what was going on in Germany, including what was going on during the war and the challenge FDR had uh, in the lead up to the war in what was in America that was very anti-immigrant, uh, very isolationist, and in many cases, very anti-Semitic. It's a fascinating portrait. And what I think Ken does really amazingly and is what a team do is they explain that history is not black and white. Yes, we are the greatest generation. Yes, the U.S. was able to defeat the Nazis. But there was an ugly side to what was going on in the 30s and 40s. And they go in depth there. I think you're going to find this conversation fascinating. Again, that is an extra edition of the Mo News podcast that comes out later today. I want to end here today with a bit of space news. You should mark your calendars for Monday because it turns out that NASA will conduct a first of its kind experiment. I actually discussed this on a recent podcast with David Curley about major things happening in space. But NASA will on Monday try to crash an unmanned spacecraft into an asteroid in its first attempt to change the flight path of an asteroid. This, of course, was the subject of several movies in the 90s, including one with Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. The procedure here in real life is called DART, D-A-R-T, which stands for Double Asteroid Reduction Test. They will crash a craft into a large asteroid called Didymos. After impact, scientists at NASA will monitor whether our crash changed the asteroid's speed and trajectory and whether uh, we need to push harder next time or push lighter. Now, we should note Didymos is not on a collision course with Earth, but this technology NASA is developing will one day, NASA hopes, help defend the U.S. against future asteroids that may be headed towards our planet. Didymos is a pretty large-sized rock. It is 2,600 feet in diameter. It is also orbited by a smaller asteroid. It's actually an asteroid with a smaller asteroid going around it. NASA is hoping to change the speed and the flight path of both the asteroid and its mini-asteroid. NASA initially launched this test in November of last year when they launched the spacecraft into space from Vandenberg Space Force Base out in California. This launch is a collaboration between the U.S. government as well as Elon Musk's SpaceX. A big part of this test is not only figuring out the necessary amount of force we need to use to crash an asteroid, but also how the rock will behave after being struck. Scientists have no idea how much wreckage will be produced by us crashing into the asteroid. That'll be something they will learn, how many pieces it breaks into, which ways they fly. The study is the first of its kind, as I said, and so there will be a lot of unanswered questions that they will get answers to starting on Monday. But NASA is trying to ensure here through this program that they develop a technology just in case a rock is headed our way because, of course, we know that the last major asteroid that hit Earth killed all the dinosaurs, actually opened up Earth for us uh, humans to be able to take over. But we want to ensure that what happened to the dinosaurs doesn't happen to us. So uh, wishing NASA good luck on Monday.
I want to thank all of you for listening to the Mo News Daily Podcast. Again, we have another special edition coming up later today that is a special interview with Ken Burns and his co-producer, Sarah Botstein, about their new documentary on the U.S. and the Holocaust. You can expect that slightly later this morning on this Wednesday. I'd love to hear feedback on how I'm doing, what else you'd like to see being covered on this podcast. You can email me over at podcast at mo.news. Also, a friendly reminder to subscribe to the Mo News newsletter over at monews.bolton.com and follow me over on Instagram at Moshe, at M-O-S-H-E-H. And before you go, don't forget to follow or subscribe to the show on whatever app you're listening to us on and give us a review. Every review matters and helps us continue to build up our rank in the App Store and continue to grow the podcast. I'll see everyone back here later today for our special edition and back here tomorrow for another daily edition.